You're listening to The Heart of It Podcast. My name is Sam Smeltzer, and I'm an HR intuitive and healer. In this podcast, we'll chat about what the industry of human resources can make possible for people and our organizations. In each episode, we'll have raw conversation around inner development and organizational culture change to create a working world where both people and organizations thrive. Thank you for listening. Now let's get this episode started. Welcome to this episode of The Heart of It. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy days. And even if you are stuck at home right now because of COVID-19, our days are still busy. I know if you are like me, who's a stay-at-home mom, um, entrepreneur, um, well, I'm not a stay-at-home mom, I'm a stay-at-home mom now. So if you're a mom or a parent <laughs> with a um, business, uh, whether it is working from home or trying to build a business, um, plus being a homeowner or taking care of your space and taking care of you, there's a lot going on and there's a lot coming in. So the input mode, I think we've severely underestimated. I've recently found that I am falling down into the pits of the, (laughs) of the social media, um, I don't know what you want to call it, but I don't usually go and engage there. But I found for the first time in probably a little over a year that I felt disconnected. Like there was things that I should be knowing as a um, knowledgeable human being and I didn't know. And so I started to go out and I've gotten sucked down in watching videos that are all over the place. And and this is actually very relevant to what we're talking about today. (laughs) So I'll just use that as our transition So today, uh, as I mentioned, the last episode wraps up the ending of the Grateful Showcase as we've known it for the last five years. And those who have come to love it, I I really believe that you're going to love this next evolution as we take gratitude to a whole nother stage to pay honor and remembrance to somebody who was pivotal in the York community, but also pivotal, um, and making sure we pay attention to what's happening in our community and supporting the amazing work that's happening. You know, it's hard to keep having hope and belief that change is happening unless we see it and have that hope. And that's what I love about this interview that I'm going to share with you today as one of my two final podcast guests Uh, for the Grateful Showcase as we wrap this out and will be one of my co-hosts for the new evolution of the Grateful Showcase is um, Rebecca Hanlon. Rebecca Hanlon is the president of Are You Work Media, a small marketing marketing firm that does amazing, amazing work. Um, And they right now during the COVID-19 pandemic stepped up even once again as a mom and expecting mother (laughs) as a um, business owner. They're feeling the struggle that being under quarantine and us not being able to build our businesses as we've been accustomed to and also suffering from 
the ripple effect of what's happening to other businesses, which is just like my business. We work with a lot of other businesses and other individuals. And so when they have things impact themselves and their income and their organizations, it ripples down to how that impacts us and our incomes and our organizations. But um, Rebecca did this really beautiful thing. Her and her organization, her and Will, really shift the perspective and opened up their media channel to start sharing the good news of what's happening in the community, starting to share the hope, the kindness that is absolutely essential during this time. Um, I've spoken about this in different podcast episodes, but if we give in to fear, um, this can get a whole lot worse. And so making sure that we come from a place of love. And even when we're staying home, we're not staying home out of fear. We're staying home out of love for those to make sure that we protect those that we love and even just the community that we love. So thank you, Rebecca, for doing that amazing work. I know that I've really appreciated seeing those new stories drop in. And they definitely have helped me maintain my balance as I was quickly falling into this dark pit of uh, distress per se that the media was throwing at me uh, that I allowed myself to kind of get sucked into. But with the Grateful Showcase in true tradition, um, we always start with me sharing how this person came into my life because I want people to realize how people that we're grateful for show up, how the really impactful people show up in our lives. Um, because sometimes it's really random. And then on the flip side, when Rebecca starts her interview, one of the first questions I'll ask her is if she remembers how I came into her life. Um, because I think it's really interesting to see it from both perspectives and you rarely get that chance to, to know how these really pivotal, significant relationships start to materialize. And sometimes these relationships, not saying this is the same, <laughs> this is the case with Rebecca, but sometimes these relationships are more one-sided for me. So I've gotten way more out of those relationships than the other one has. Um, and that's why it's so important for me to have this gratitude practice to let them know of the impact because some of them in the past five years, and you can listen to the interviews, had no idea of what powerful ripples or influence they had on me when they came into my life. So when I first met Rebecca, um, I knew of her for a period of time, probably for a good six months. And actually a lot of people that are on the Grateful Showcase in past interviews had repeatedly said, uh, you need to talk to Rebecca. You need to know Rebecca. You need to know Rebecca. At that time in my business, I think I was entering probably year two. Um, I was in this mini kind of growth phase. I definitely had this ego boost that I thought I knew what I was doing. Looking back, still do not know. Turning five, still do not know. I think I'm a little bit closer to what I'm doing in my business. Um, but I definitely had this weird ego boost where I thought I knew what was best. I also had gotten burned by a couple of marketing firms that took a large amount of money for someone that was my organizational size. Um, and so anytime you mention anyone that was tied to a marketing agency of any sort, I just kind of, it was not a good, good phase for me. Um, but at the same time, I was also embracing this rule of threes. So when people um, had mentioned somebody three times or they kept reappearing three times, uh, I would finally say yes. Rebecca, I'd probably be honest to say that she probably showed up closer to a dozen times between people who sh who recommended that I know her, but then people who had spoken to her about connecting with me and then her actually reaching out before we actually made it happen. 
my most uh, significant interaction with Rebecca uh, is when I met with her, I kind of met with her and gave her a test. We were doing a project that was actually very sensitive at the time, and I had no idea if it could be successful. It was a true passion project, and I'm not going to talk about that right now because that's not the point of this point is to talk about Rebecca. Um, But I really brought her in to kind of see where she would go creatively and how she would work with us as a partner um, and how she would, um, how her and Will would basically carry themselves through knowing that this is a project that could potentially fail and and if they would be a true partner. Because people always come to me and say, I want to be a partner with you and a partner with your organization. But how that's really truly executed when you come together um, has not always been ideal. And so um, I came to her with this project and she did an amazing job. The project actually was successful but not in the fan in not in the fashion that I wanted it to materialize it's still sitting in the incubator for a day when it's meant to truly be born in its full capacity but um she worked with us her and Will both worked with us so much so that even when I launched Unstuck You the workbook which is a different kind of uh, methodology. I, I'm, you know, I'm learning how to be an author. I'm learning how to write books, but how to publish them. She was my first go-to to have them help me do that. Um, and every single time, her and her husband will just surpass expectations. They are truly here for the community. They are truly here to get the best out of people, uh, and I so appreciate it. The last thing I want to say, because I know I'm rambling on, because <laughs> I am so grateful for Rebecca, but I'm also so grateful for Art York Media, um, and I'm so amazed by the things that they're doing, um, is that, uh, you know, recording this portion of the season in recording this portion of, of the podcast has been happening a little more in real time than I would have liked. But I think that is 100% what was supposed to happen uh, because this past weekend I um, actually read an article that Rebecca had posted on LinkedIn um, and it was very vulnerable in nature and Rebecca's been she's a phenomenal writer she's been putting out these uh, leadership guiding posts like been getting phenomenal interaction and I will actually tag this article that I'm referencing right now in the show notes but this article hit me and came and I saw and I read it at the exact time that I needed to And it just made me um, incredibly humbled um, by the fact that I know this incredible woman and that she's a source of inspiration and and just so comforting (laughs) in a time that I needed it (laughs) and doing that all with just words. Uh, And I, you know, felt incredibly blessed that I actually know this woman and have a relationship with her and that if I wanted to call her she would answer um and this was also a woman who has since this all blew up sent an email to check in that I still have to go and respond to today um because I've been so busy but this is someone who I know is equally as busy if not more and somehow has find somehow finds time to prioritize others and routinely connect and check in and when she says that you're in her thoughts, it's 110% authentically and genuinely true. So I can't say anything more. 
I am so blessed to be able to share her with you. Please enjoy this incredible interview with the one and only Rebecca Hanlon. Thank you. All right. Well, um, thank you so much, Rebecca, for coming in today and being a guest uh, on my Grateful Showcase. Thank you for having me. I know that it's a little bit late because this is going to be playing for everyone in 2020 and this should have been in 2019. <laughs> um, but regardless, it's happening and I am thrilled that you're here. Um, I know I told you this when I first met with you and asked if you would be on the podcast episode, but so everyone else can hear it as well. Um you and your organization were really pivotal in a lot of the changes that are happening in this series for the Grateful Showcase because of the work that you do and who you are as a person. And we're going to get to that later on. But when I was thinking about the Grateful Showcase and creating my roster for 2019, you came to mind. And then the fact that your organization came to mind really closely tied together. Um, and I think about Will, too. I know Will's not here, but... Yeah. I do always think about Will, and I know that he probably prefers that he's not here being interviewed right now. Um, but I do think of Will and you as a team, yeah. and I am very grateful for both of you. Oh, thank you. So I'm so grateful to have you for the time today, um, and then also to be able to have you on future episodes, which we'll talk about at the end. Sure. But before we get there, let's uh, talk about uh, you. But before we talk about you, let's talk about how you know me. <laughs> okay. So one of the things that I really like to share with people is – you know, I like to highlight people that I'm grateful for, but I also like to highlight how these people like appear in our lives because no one ever likes to talk about that or they just don't talk about sure, that. Yeah. Um, so can you remember the early days when we first started to connect and kind of share with everyone your early interpretations of interacting with me? <laughs> so I definitely know that your name and leadership arts was something that popped up a couple times, like in different conversations or people would mention it. But what I can remember, and I feel like this doesn't happen for me very often, either I have bad memory or things just blur together. But you spoke at a Building Future Leaders seminar event. And I sat in on that event. Um, I'm trying to remember the topic that it was on, but I was drawn to it because our business was fairly new. And I think you were talking about cultivating leaders within an organization or something like that, maybe. I don't know. Who knows? Something along those lines. <laughs> Sounds like something I could we'll potentially talk that. about, but sure. <laughs> um, and and that was, I think, kind of my first, like, physical interaction with you. We were in the same space. You were just this name that was kind of floating around. And then after that, when we would have, like, first actually chatted, I can't – who knows? I feel like there's probably a lot of circles we would have, like – run into mm -hmm. each other and maybe like by local stuff or other groups or something like that. But I, I remember that being the first time that like I saw you. Yeah. Well, and I do remember very clearly that, yes, you were in a lot of circles. You were just starting your business. Yeah. At that point in time, I had worked with a couple of marketing firms that um, the interactions did not turn out uh, with outcomes that I really would like. And I, I probably would say I had a sour taste in my mouth. Mm. So someone who was starting anything similar in the marketing business <laughs> and was soliciting, I was kind of trying to <laughs> stay away from. Um, but you were someone who kept coming, like showing up and showing Persistent. up. Yes, yes, <laughs> without you even knowing it, but was somebody who, um, and obviously it got to a point where the first time that we actually formally chit-chatted was for our men's conference. 
Um, oh, that's right. Yes. And yeah. I think that was somewhat of a test to see what you would do with it. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> there wasn't a lot of people who would take something on like that because it was very different. Yeah. So, uh, but I think that was that was a big passion project of mine, um, which is also very tightly linked to the next project that we'll be working on together with this podcast because uh, that individual who inspired that project is all tied into that as well. So it's all full circle, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. Everyone's probably like, well, just tell us all about? that other stuff. <laughs> we don't want to know about Rebecca and her business. You're going to have to wait. You have to listen to the entire episode. <laughs> That's how we do things here. <laughs> so um, the other piece of the Grateful Showcase that I like to really highlight is understanding the person behind like that I'm so grateful for. Like, Obviously, I'm grateful for the interactions that we've had and the outcomes that I've had, and that's very selfish of me in a good way and without you I wouldn't be able to do the things that I do on a regular basis and my organization wouldn't be the way that it is today mm-hmm. um, but I want to know a little bit about what makes you tick and um, how you're able to be in the state of mind and function at the place that you're at where you're able to be of service and helpful to other people around you and so if you had to go back and think um, kind of some pivotal things that have led you in your career path or maybe even in your personal life that have gotten you to where you are today and the clarity that you have around mm. kind of your personal why or your purpose or this path that you're following. Yeah. I think in some ways it almost for me changes like every three months, <laughs> not my why necessarily, but like there are little lessons along the way that kind of alter my path a little bit. Um, so I, I always enjoyed writing um, from the time I, I was a kid. Reading and writing were the easy things for me to tackle. Um, I remember sending out some of my first query letters to magazines when I was a teenager, and I got many rejection letters. And I remember the first article that got picked up was about a very personal experience that I had. I had had a Um, a spinal fusion when I was 12 years old for scoliosis and it was a really traumatic surgery it it, you're looking at one to two years of recovery time Um, my my surgery actually went fairly well compared to some people's that that I know but um, I wrote a story about that experience and the kind of this like spiritual journey that I went on after as a 12 year old. Um, so I wrote about that for, um, a teen magazine. It got picked up. I remember they wanted to pay me $60 for it. And they sent me, uh, like a W9 to fill out. Um, and my mom was really afraid to like give them my social security number because she thought it was a scam. (laughs) And I was like, no, somebody wants to pay me for something I wrote. And it was like this crazy thing. But, um, Going to college, I decided to study journalism because I really liked the idea of individuals' stories. Like, I played around with, like, fiction writing and poetry and things like that, and that was a nice outlet, but I really felt like uh, an individual's story is so impactful. You know, that's their real-life experience, and those are moments that define us and make us who we are. And and they can be, you know, really little nuggets in your life, Um I think that's what drew me to journalism because that's actual, you know, real life stuff. It's it's not something that someone can imagine. It's it's something that really happened and you're documenting that. Um, you know, that changed over time to uh, the newspaper industry not really working out for us. You know, my husband, Will, was laid off in 2015. 
Um, but really, I think finding that I wanted to be a storyteller at heart. Um, and in, in some way, even though it's changed over time, remaining true to that. So how can I be a storyteller? Even now at the point in the business where I don't really write anything, <laughs> I don't really you know, produce much content. We have our podcast that we do and I interview for that. And that's really right now the only thing that I do. And maybe I'll continue to do that going forward. Maybe it will change hands. Um, so now I kind of um, focus on growing the business from a storytelling standpoint, but still using those skills to look at how can we help people maybe have a platform to tell their stories? Like even as a teenager, I looked for a platform to be able to talk about the things that I went through maybe we can provide that to people in, in different ways. So I think in a lot of ways, it kind of comes back to, I'm, I'm really drawn to the personal experience that, that people have. Yeah. And that definitely comes through in your interactions. Um, and I think one of the things, um, I don't, don't think I would ever say this to you when you're uh, prospecting my business, <laughs> but one of the things that I find myself sometimes, even now when I call you for projects, when we're working together from Leadership Arts Associates to York Media is I'm almost uh, seeing if you think that the story that I want to share is worth sharing. Yeah. Um, and yeah. you do have this credibility of being able to, number one, lift someone and give them the courage to share those stories, mm. no matter what, in what avenue they are, whether it's, you know, I write books, I could put them on a shelf and hide them. Yeah. Um, but it is, it is really affirming for me when you pick up one of my books and, mm. and say some of those things. So I think that credibility that's all built in there um, really allows and empowers you to have some of us share our stories um, in a way that I would. I mean, I would never reach out to a newspaper um, company, and I know about the whole press release, like, but I, I just wouldn't feel comfortable with it. Yeah. Um, now, if you were someone who said, hey, I think you should, like, I think that you're definitely a catalyst to make those things happen. Right. Um, and I think there's things that we've put out to the world because you exist and do what you do. Oh, that's um, good. So I think that's really um, impactful. I mean, it's it's kind of like trippy to me to think, because um, I guess it has been two, almost probably three years since you've kind of made an appearance in my life. Yeah. Uh, and you show up at it's some of the most pivotal times, whether that's you just stopping by to say hello yeah. at one of those things or you know, when we've needed help, like with rebranding our videos and telling that story, yeah, we was wholeheartedly agreed on by the team that your team would know how to tell our story mm. and keep it intact and be able to trust it fully uh, in the direction that you're going with it. And they are. They're beautiful. They're exactly what I wanted them to be. Um, and I know that you have a great team there, but I also know that you you play a key role in communicating to making sure that those projects start to manifest the way that they should. Sure. Yeah. So. Well, that's great. So we were hinting about Our York Media, um, which is one of your babies. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and what you and Will have been building together. Yeah. Uh, and I, from a HR nerding aspect, uh, really appreciate and admire what you're doing there because you're building something with a culture that you're ensuring is very, very strong. Uh, and we've seen that in a couple different ways, whether you're already reaching out and asking HR questions when you would think that Rebecca has a staff of like 20 and she's like, no, there's like four of us. <laughs> we um, work very hard. <laughs> but those are really great things when you're looking at, uh, I know that you've explored you know, benefits and you're always yeah. trying to figure out how to take care of 
the small team that you have yeah. preparing for the future. I also recently, you just did a post on Instagram talking about the apparel and yeah. the small wins and being, you know, fiscally responsible early on so that things work and you can grow. Yeah. But it, it is a sense of accomplishment when your logo shows up on something. I mean, I know I'm wearing my logo wear as well. Yeah. Um, and I probably would plaster my logo on anything possible. I would have like a whole fleet of it because it, <laughs> It is. It's like it's a proud. It's, it's Will's uniform now. I don't think I will see him in any clothing that doesn't have our <laughs> logo on it. But I mean, those are huge accomplishments. And to be proud of that. I mean, those are people who are owners building businesses that are going to last lifetimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I'm reading this book by Simon Sinek talking about infinite games and saying how there's so many issues with organizations creating these finite games where they're just thinking about getting to survival or making year's end, where those that are operating from this almost like just cause belief that can last lifetimes to get other people excited about it um, and doing some really honest work that is changing the world. um, And they're going to be around forever, and they're playing this infinite game. And I think just from what I see from the outside and what I know from the two of you, I think that you guys are naturally playing an infinite game. So saying that, I'm obsessed with Simon Sinek and this phrase that he's talking about, this just cause, which mm-hmm. is something that can get other people really excited about in that organization, serves as that root core of the culture. What do you think that is at Our York Media? Now that you started to you know, navigate the team dynamics of who's coming right. on board with you yeah. or even the common ground for you and Will, like what, what is the platform that you're building that you want Our York Media to be um, as it services the community or even beyond potentially, I don't yeah. know. I think, and we have this conversation pretty regularly and internally, whether it's like Will and I talking about it or trying to make sure that our team understands it. So like you said, we have, we have a pretty small team. There's four of us total. Um, but we really want to make sure that, you know, Will and I, we feel like this is, it, it's who we are, the, the business, but how do you convey that to people that are, are working for you? You want them to kind of feel the same passions that you do and, and be able to embody that. Um, and we've kind of played around with different things over time to, f- you know, what resonates with, with our audience, what really resonates with us. Is that important to other people? Because if it's just important to us and it's not important to other people, it, that's not going to do much, much good. So we want to make sure that's something that's impactful to the community beyond ourselves. And I think we really honed in on giving people ownership of their stories. Um, sometimes that's ownership of their news through like a business client that we work with, or it's ownership of a story through a community member. Um, we do our Neighbors of Our York series, publishes every Thursday. And we usually ask people pretty intimate questions during that interview process. Um, you know, it might be a recognizable person in the community, but we want to know something about them mm-hmm. maybe nobody has ever heard before. And, and when you dig a little deeper, you really find those, I, I think, really breathtaking, like, hit you in the stomach sort of stories that you would never know that that's what somebody went through or an experience that shaped them. Um, and we really appreciate that people give us the ability to tell those stories. So how do we how do we do that where it's not us dictating you know, this is an important story, we're going to tell it, we're just going to be the platform for it. So yeah, we use our storytelling skills. But like, that's your story, you you own that story, and you're taking ownership of it by giving us the opportunity to share it. And I think that applies for anybody whose story we tell, um, whether that would be a client that's hired us to tell that story, or it's a community member that's trusting us to tell that story. Um, 
you know, part of that is giving everybody the ability to review content, you know, before it goes out, letting them know that they can be part of that process um, every step of the way. And, you know, we brand ourselves as the good news outlet of York County, mm -hmm. but I think what that really means to us is we're not afraid of tough subjects. Like, I've had some people say, like, oh, you know, there's something I would like to talk about, but, like, I don't know if that, that fits the brand. Mm -hmm. And it's not that we're afraid of tough subjects. It's not that we just want, like, fluffy, feel-good news. But I think York and, and the people in it have gone through such transformations um, that you when you look at our community and, and at least in years past, we we're really known for like the struggles that we had. We weren't necessarily known for the triumphs that we had. And so what if we could change that conversation uh, across the board? Like if, if, if everybody could just find those positive aspects of what it is that we're going through, um, any good story has conflict. Um, any good story has challenge. And I think the transformative stories are my favorite. Um, and, and that can be told from a variety of aspects. So I think really it's kind of being honored that people allow us to tell their stories, um, to do that in a way that's respectful to them. Um, because it's really, whether you're talking about a business, because we have a lot of entrepreneurs whose stories we tell, you know, people are really emotionally invested in, in what their businesses mm -hmm. are. And then those personal experiences, they all kind of intertwine. Like these are our stories, whether it's personal life or business life or whatever. So it's just kind of being that, that platform where they can take ownership of that. Yeah. Well, and I think you wholeheartedly achieved that. And I love how, I mean, your values for your organization just naturally come out in the way that you service those that you've built this platform for. Yeah. Um, and I think that is totally at its core. I mean, this whole idea about empowering people to tell their stories, um, you know, honestly, and then also making sure they're involved in the process, being respectful of that. And yeah. I think I really appreciate that. As someone who fully trusts you to tell the story, uh, I always fully appreciated that you want to make sure that that it's told with an integrity of how I would see it in my sure. perspective yeah. as well. And I think that, I don't know, I think you guys do a, an amazing job. Oh, I mean, I can just say that and just <laughs> gush that way. I don't have to give specifics. I mean, you guys do a great job. You take great care. You take risks when it makes sense. Um, and I appreciate, I appreciate that honesty as a fellow entrepreneur. Um, but then as someone who like, I truly look to make partnerships with people who help to balance me out because I can't be the expert in everything. Sure, yeah. And so telling the story of our business or even my story in certain scenarios and sharing it with the world is something that I struggle with. You are able to routinely and your team put it in a nice little box and get it out there. Um, and it's not, I mean, my gosh, how much... Um, how much I'm noticed off of what you guys cycle around. Uh, people will always say, oh, yeah, I know that leadership arts. I saw that in our York Media. Oh, or nice. yeah. I saw you like five times in my inbox from that <laughs> book that you wrote from our York Media or something like that. And I'm like, that's pretty awesome. Um, and to know that confidently that what they're reading is still who I am yeah. or what the story is. Sure. And not being concerned about that. I've never had that concern that once it hit, like, oh, my gosh, what are people going to think? And. Because you guys tell it very nicely. Thank you. Yeah. I think it's hard to talk about ourselves. So, like, you know, you having a hard time talking about what it is that you do. I, I think that, like, across the board for most people. Like, I don't even do a great a job as I think we could in talking about, like, our brand and why it exists and 
why why we do things a certain way. And and that's something that we're hoping to get better at, especially now that we feel like we we built a really solid team is we have our own story to tell that we haven't always done or or done as well as we would like to. And I just think it's it's a challenge to talk about yourself sometimes. Sometimes you need that outside perspective to be like, oh, yeah, that thing you do, that is pretty cool. Yeah. And like people would be interested in that. You should talk about that. Like I think sometimes because we do that for other people, we haven't always had somebody doing that for ourselves. And I have some mentors that have actually pointed that out at times um, that that we ourselves have a pretty cool story to tell and we could be better at that. But it, it's hard to talk about yourself sometimes. Yeah. Well, and and it always, I mean, it's undoubtedly that you have something to share because you guys are amazing people. You built amazing organizations and, or built an amazing organization. And the, that means you have to have some amazing stories to tell. We all go through our trials and tribulations to get there. Sure. Um, for you to have the appreciation for stories the way that you do, it's because you've seen the suffering as well as the triumphs. Yeah. Um, and even the fact that, you know, talking about the moment when one of your most personal stories is what finally got picked up by somebody. It's that level of vulnerability. Yeah. Um, and I think it's monumental that you've transitioned out of creating content to empowering people to mm. be willing to share that content. Cause that, I mean, your neighbor series, you do, you, you dig in deep um, and you let people be able to get to know each other without having to confront people that we see all the time. Like right. in the local community, all those people that you feature, I walk past on several occasions and now I feel like I know them, even though I've never formally met them in a right. lot of scenarios. Um, so you are creating these connections and you are bringing the community closer. Um, it's it's just, it's an amazing work what that you do. Plus you're like everywhere. I don't know how you do it all. So Magic. You are. You are like magical. <laughs> I don't even know how you're here right now. <laughs> So um, before we um, close up, we always have a tradition that we do something just completely random as a question. Yeah. Uh, now, Rebecca chose out of the categories that I had, and she chose to share something personal, which I guess is that a, great, a, mistake. a great theme <laughs> from what she <laughs> has shared already in this uh, episode. So go ahead and pick a card. You don't have to look at your face. All right. So, this one's not too bad. Okay. So, what do you wish still existed from your childhood? Oh, man. It's personal, but it's not, like, personal. Right. Because <laughs> you could be like, oh, that toy that, like, doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> from my childhood. Um, I think for me, I, I had a very... I don't know how to word this in a way that doesn't sound bad. Like a slow childhood um, where um, I grew up in a big family. Um, for most of my younger years, we lived in a pretty rural area. Um, and, you know, I remember spending a lot of time being outside and being imaginative and, and having this quiet space kind of regularly in my life. And that doesn't quite <laughs> exist anymore. Mm. I don't know if that's just like an adulthood transition. Um, I still find a lot of peace and calm from being outdoors. And I wonder if it kind of traces back to that time in my life. Um, we went hiking a lot as a family on the weekends. My dad would take us on Sunday drives and everybody would fall asleep in the van. And, you know, to, it felt like we were going to this place that was probably like 15 minutes away and it would take like an hour and a half to get there. <laughs> Because he would just take all the back roads in the roundabout way. But I, I feel like, uh, especially at this time in my life, 
you know, you know, I have one child, I have a second one on the way. Um, and it's really easy to be very busy, especially running your own business. Mm -hmm. And I've been trying to create more of these quiet moments in my life. Um, almost kind of going back to that time, I think in my childhood where it allowed for opportunities to be imaginative. Maybe that's why I got into writing so young. Mm -hmm. It filled up space of, you know, time. Um, so if I, I think when I do allow myself the, those opportunities, I'm way more creative than I am when I'm busy all the time. I come up with ideas just by trying to like not think about having ideas. So I don't know. Um, I, I think there are moments growing up that that was just part of, you know, that slow life, that kind of quiet time was just naturally part of growing up. Um, and I, I would like to have more of that for myself. Yeah. Well, and I, I love that you say that because I, my childhood was very similar as far as time alone outside being imaginative and like yeah. missing those kinds of elements. The other thing that, and I always, I, I think I say this to you all the time. I always comment on your Instagram posts and I feel like I'm an Instagram stalker, which I really am not. <laughs> I'm following a lot of people, but for whatever reason, Rebecca's posts will just show up on mine. Um, but they are always really nice reminders to me because you take, uh, and I try to do this too, but you take small images, whether you're spending some time with Joey, uh, you're baking cookies. If you are sitting out, you do a lot of the things that I do, like with my with my cup of tea, yeah. looking out the, at the trees. But they are little like gentle reminders yeah. of enjoying those little moments. And for me, knowing that you find time to do that because you and I have very similar uh, high demand lives. Yeah makes me like have to eliminate my excuses. Well, and I'm definitely not as good at it as I would like to be. And I feel like I go in waves like it, earlier in the spring, I, I got up really early and I made time for myself every morning. And then that doesn't happen. anymore. <laughs> so I'm just like, I, I have to recognize that like I'm in a different phase right now. So maybe that time worked for me those few months what's that time look like now? So yeah. I enjoy it when I can have it, but it certainly doesn't happen as often as I would like. No. So well, good. work in progress. Well, aren't we all? We're all work in progress. <laughs> when we all figure it out, then we can retire, I guess. There you go. <laughs> Write a couple more books. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. The best books are written while you're still in progress. Oh, okay. There you go. <laughs> well, um, I know I've said it the entire time together, but thank you so much for number one being in my life, for creating Are Your Work Media and doing the work that you do. Um, like I said, you have been monumental. Uh, Will, who is kind of this silent guy that floats behind <laughs> the scenes, um, he steps up more on the technology side. Yeah, and there have sure. been a couple times where we've tried to figure out if ideas like piloting new products of some sort, which is not your wheelhouse. I'm not trying to send people right. there for that. But yeah. Um, you have helped us to gauge if there's an interest, if that is a story that resonates with people. Because right. a lot of the stuff that we do here is trying to figure out what are the stories they're not sharing right? Um, and how can we be of service because there's a lot of people who have stories that are, per se, I guess, suffering that we don't mm. share because they're so vulnerable. Yeah. Um, and in my work, that is kind of where my <laughs> focus sure. is and yeah. trying to help heal those kinds of stories that are happening. And so... Um, you guys do amazing with trying to figure out if it even resonates and if not, and some of them have flopped and some of them have been really awesome, but you've allowed us to progress and grow the way that we need to. Oh, thank so, you. Um, 
So before we close this off, I do want to like talk about what I was hinting at at the very beginning. Um, because yes, when I was doing my roster for the Grateful Showcase, uh, you came exactly to mind, like you were going to do that. But we also, uh, this past year, lost uh, a dear friend who is a past um, guest on this series, uh, Douglas Knight, DK, most of you know. Uh, and Rebecca, it just so happened that we had seen each other not too long after we had found out, yeah. I guess. Um, we were, had meetings for something else. We were working on a project together, yeah. and we kind of had a mini kind of gush cry session, helping each other grieve with the sudden news that we had received about losing a friend. Um, one of the very strange things that had happened for me is obviously when everyone is mourning the death of someone who is very monumental in our community, as Doug was, uh, his podcast episode got heavy <laughs> rotation. Oh, yeah. um, but one of the things I really appreciate was the fact that I got the opportunity to really sit down with a friend, tell him how grateful I was for him. Um, and now I have that on audio recording to replay, which we don't really get that opportunity yeah. very often. I have that now with Rebecca and technically will, cause it's like he's been here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but as I've been thinking about the grateful showcase, one of the things that really came to mind is wanting to, allow this part of the podcast, um, this special series, The Grateful Showcase, to live on in a new format to really help keep Doug's voice alive. DK did a lot for me in regards to the community and allowing me to stay connected and feel like I had a place here in York, a lot like Rebecca and our York Media has done as well. Mm. Um, and then in the next episode, you'll meet Wilda Alessi, which many of you probably know, um, who plays a huge role with the nonprofits and on the leadership aspect. Um, and she kind of fits in that bucket as well. And so moving forward, um, the Grateful Showcase is going to transition to highlight organizations that are servicing our community and working and doing the amazing work that DK wanted to see come alive in the community and allow community allow York to be this thriving um, place where we celebrate our triumphs that he saw all the time. And like what Rebecca was saying, we don't highlight enough and changing the dialogue. Um, and so the three of us are going to come together and talk to um, leaders in those organizations, people who have benefited from those organizations. Rebecca's going to help us tell those stories um, and share them to really show appreciation for them showing up and doing the work that they're doing, um, but also just allow people to know that they exist and continue to have a voice. Um, so that's my little bit of rant. I don't know, uh, Rebecca, if you have anything that you want to share as thinking about that project, because um, I know I'm the one that kind of dragged you into it. <laughs> I think it's super exciting, and I think it's a nice, you know, way to recognize DK and almost that spirit that he embodied, because, you know, when you lose somebody like him, I think you have to look at how do you carry forward kind of what he set out to do and what some of those intentions were. And not one of us will be able to fully... Um, fulfill what it is that that he had started doing and that kind of movement but I think collectively there are little pieces that we can pick up and honor and carry forward and and kind of embody that spirit in in a small way so I I think it's going to be really exciting I'm interested to hear what other people say in their own unique ways what they bring to the table because that was something that was big for DK is just 
everybody's going to do it a little differently, but no matter what, um, he made you feel like that approach and idea was important. Um, and I think that's, that's an exciting thing to just be able to encourage and lift up people no matter where they're coming from with their ideas. We, we all kind of have a goal that is going to uplift the community and make it a better place. And, and why not kind of lift those things up? Yeah. Well, good. <laughs> I mean, I'm really excited for it. I think it's going to take the conversations to a whole nother level. Um, Cause kind of echoing once again, what you said, I, I did not believe that I would be able to do, justice of carrying on the spirit of someone like DK and capturing all the things that he would want captured in there. And so uh, my hope is with the three of us um, coming together, having candid conversation the way that DK would want it done, not super formal, that we'll be able to carry on um, a little bit of what he left behind with his legacy. So other than that, do you have anything else that you want to share with the listeners before we kind of wrap this thing up? Oh my goodness. Uh, no, nothing off the top of my head. I really love the way that you've approached this. And um, it's funny. Uh, I love the way that you, you do it with gratitude. Um, and even to hear you say you're grateful for the conversations we've had and the interactions we've had, I think that's just a refreshing way to look at things. And it's so easy to look at, you know, well, these are acquaintances or friends or, you know, business interactions that we've had, but to still kind of be able to look at it and and, and be grateful for those moments and exchanges. I think that's really refreshing. And it's, I appreciate it so much because it, it's easy to just go through the day to day. But to be able to look at all of those interactions and exchanges with a, a grateful heart, I think it, it's really important to do. Well, good. Well, I'm so <laughs> grateful for you. Thank you again for your time. Thank you for having and, me. And uh, this won't be the last you're hearing from Rebecca. She'll be showing up. Later on in the uh, next round of the Grateful Showcase, the new revamped round, um, and then she will be showing up every year. So you hopefully won't get sick of her. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, oh, wow. <laughs> oh, well. We'll just make sure she doesn't talk a lot in those episodes. Right. <laughs> Silent partner. All right. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening. Have a great day.